and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode 99. I got 99 episodes and a bitch ain't one. Let's roll. And it's a home episode this week as I've got my my brother, the the leader of the Undroppables, joining me today. Uh, Chalk. Everybody knows Chalk. I mean, everybody in the in the industry knows this guy. I mean, he's just such a such a visionary, such a great person, such a great leader. And by the way, I've said it many a times in many leagues I'm in with him. Maybe the best dynasty player I've ever played with. Uh, absolutely knows how to make moves and and uh, really understands dynasty game theory better than me. So none other to have on this program than Chalk. Chalky, what's going on, buddy? Yo, man, what's up? Thanks for having me on, brother. And you know, every time I come on, uh, you know, the, the introductions always get grander and grander. So, um, you know, always so humbling to uh, you know to to hang out with you in front of in front of your fans, um, right? Because when we talk on the phone, I don't get that type of introduction. So, no, no you good. sure don't. It's always good to come on here. Yeah, no, I don't wax poetic about you when I just talk to you in private. It's not like that. <laughs> but you know, it's I just gotta I gotta tell the people who they're who they're hearing because you know, there's one thing that you kind of do for the Undroppables is a little bit behind the scenes and you know, sort of the, the, the heavy lifting, honestly, the big stuff that we really need from you. And you do a lot less sort of out in front, you know, analysis stuff out there, although you could do that tomorrow and be the best in the business. And, you know, I know that, but you know, the people who know you know that, does that make sense? Like anybody who's played in the league with you or, or, or chopped it up with you in any way, shape or form kind of knows what, what, you know, and, and that's what's great about having you as part of this is, you know, you and I, the old Spider-Man meme from years ago, we, we'd find ourselves toiling in the, in the Twitter streets and, you know, just sort of like, you know, winking to each other on the sideline, like shit. Yeah, bro. I know what you're talking about, you know, and, and that's where the friendship started and, and the respect started. And it started from day one. There was a lot of mutual respect. So thanks again as, for being my partner here and being our leader. So, you know, all that uh, waxing poetic is over though, cause I'm going to start to beat your ass with some of these takes. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> gotta have takes. Um, speaking of takes, uh, the 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 courts had a take that Deshaun Watson was guilty of being a scumbag. That was their take. I think you can probably speak to that sort of part of it better than I can. But basically, said, "Yep, he did it. He's kind of a jerk off, um, but still only six games." The NFL just came over the top, appealed it. Now it's back to the NFLPA. I guess they got two days to make their sort of retort. And this thing could still get kind of ugly even from here. Uh, what's your best guess about like just a, basically the most likely outcome based off what you know? So, you know, I'm, I'm an attorney, but, you know, I'm going to say straight up, I don't do this type of, you know, line of work, this type of law. I don't do litigation. I don't do civil or criminal. Um, so I'm just kind of speak off of kind of what I just generally know from like years ago in law school. And, uh, I have some, you know, some friends and some followers on Twitter that are really smart that actually practice in these areas. Uh, Frank, you know, fantasy giant, uh, Drew is another one that's been, you know, following, following this uh, quite a bit and kind of reading them and some other opinions. Um, sports law lust, um, as another guy kind of came across recently, Dan lust, you know, what they're saying, you know, and there's different opinions here, but, you know, of course, there's going to be the appeal. Um, it's going to go to Goodell, right? NFLPA has their opportunity, like you said, to, you know, kind of, you know, file their rebuttal to the appeal. 
Um, ultimately, what it sounds and what it feels like is going to happen is, you know, Goodell is going to – the league wants the maximum, right? They want an indefinite right. with the year. Goodell is the league, right? I mean, so it's almost as if we know what the end story of this appeal is going to be, which is going to be you're suspended – you know, for a year or indefinitely, mm. at least a year. And that's what I think is going to come down through Goodell. Um, but that, that's not where it ends, right? I think that's where right. it gets even more messy. And then, it, you know, goes to the federal courts most likely. So then Watson's going to sue the NFL. Right. Uh, and then it's going to go to federal court because he has to sue a federal court. And that's where they have jurisdiction. Uh, I do know that. Um, and then you kind of look at Brady's case. And I think the Ezekiel Elliott case was one that they also mentioned where um, – you know, the courts will try to stay out of it to the extent possible. And they're going to say, hey, you have a collective bargaining agreement. You guys already have agreed to certain punishments and, 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 and you know, and rules. Uh, so you guys deal with it. Um, but I but I think I think one, I think frankly I said it, and I, I totally agree here, is I feel like the NFL will stay the case. So the season's already going to start, right? They're already going to want to stay out of it. And they could easily say, hey, look, like, we're going to stay the case, which means it's kind of going to be on pause. Right. And that basically kind of puts Watson's suspension on pause, uh, which in a way, and this is kind of interesting, it could be a double-edged sword because if Watson plays a season, right, he plays for that $1 million salary. Yes, And then next is. year that salary is $46 million. So maybe there's like some kind of political chess game going on. I don't yes. know. Maybe, or maybe that's some conspiracy theory stuff, but – Hey, if that's the car that the NFL really wants to play, they're like, hey, actually, we don't really care when you play or you don't play, but we actually want you to get suspended next year. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's what they really want. I don't uh, know. That's that's more painful for Deshaun. So you know, he, I mean, honestly, he'd almost be better to be like, fine, this year, cool, see you next year, motherfuckers. But um, monetarily, anyway, he would de- be way better off doing that. But yeah, if they if they do uh, stay the the case, that means that he'll probably be on the field week one. Is that not true? Yes. Yes. Right? In that situation, yes, he would. So it's an interesting situation where it's gone from, you know, he's probably not going to play this year to now he's playing for like, only missing six games. And then now, you know, is he going to get suspended for that full? And then the pendulum is going to keep swinging, right? And yeah. this is where, I mean, the market is not good. Like, I don't think anyone, in, especially in Dynasty, no one's moving to Sean right now. I mean, it's it's too, it's too uncertain. I mean, it's way too yeah. volatile. Like, You'd be crazy to trade away him unless right. you would get like a monster haul for some. You know, wouldn't happen. You would get you would need a monster haul, and then you wouldn't trade for him. I mean, because no one's going to give give him up for anything less than you know two firsts. I, I would assume because I think at the, ultimately at, at the end of all this, I think we do know that he's going to play again, and he's yeah. still going to be pretty young when he plays again. Yep. He's still one of the best players. So you know, if you have him, and you know, I mean. And I don't want to go into like the roster or not, whatever. But um, you know, he's going to play again. I mean, and we know it, his talent. So yeah, I mean, any uh, any dynasty. I said this. I tweeted this. Any dynasty analyst telling you not to draft him up because of moral stances is no longer someone who's giving advice about fantasy football. So exactly. yeah, exactly. it has fucking nothing to do with that. If you want to give moral advice, then go do whatever the fuck it is that that is. But if you're giving fantasy advice then Deshaun Watson is one of the top eight quarterbacks in fantasy football when he's on the field, period, and maybe better than that. But he's certainly one of the top eight, you know. And so at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of interesting because if we're playing, if we're thinking, you know, chess here, you know, 
we we see that it's going to go back and forth. It probably is going to go to federal courts because I don't think – I heard that uh, Goodell can either sort of take the case himself and like become the arbiter or he can pass it to somebody else. But it's very likely, as you just pointed out, that he's just going to say, yep, year. I, I looked at it. It's a year, right? So yeah, – and, and, and then they'll – It also sets precedent, right? Like, yes. A lot of it, right? Because like, even the Sean's camp saying we're not like, – the day before, right? They telegraphed, like the, the decision we knew, right? The day before. Yeah. They said, oh, we're not going to appeal because they wanted to set precedent that they Correct. respect, right? The system and the process. Goodell, you know, he, I don't think he's going to delegate that decision because then that's this precedent that he doesn't need to, right? But he's right. going to want to establish the fact that, oh, no, this is my league and I'm going to put my foot down when I feel like it. Right. And, and in, the court, yeah. in the court of public opinion, they uh, Goodell has a great opportunity to, to, to just – kind of be a dick to Deshaun here, you know? Yes. And, yes. you know, it's it's league versus players association, and it's an easy one for Goodell to be like, I'm a good person, man. I really don't like this women thing he did or whatever. You know, whether he gives a shit or not, it's just – it's his easy way to be on the sort of the quote-unquote the right side of this. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and, and then yeah. he can flip the villain to somebody else, right, for a bit. Yes. Right? I mean, I mean, he, he likes doing that to, like, you know, to your beloved Patriots and to Brady. and Yes. Right? So, like, he'll, when he has the opportunity to flip it to somebody, he will. Yes. And, and I think this is an opportunity. This is an easy that. opportunity for him to do that. Yeah. So that's 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 what I, I see happening. It's interesting. You know, I can't figure out what happens after it goes to like the federal courts. That I don't know enough about. I, I mean, I've heard some sort of prognostication, but nothing solid enough to really figure out. I guess what it would be is it would be le- more likely – like is it more likely that it's either a year or six months or is it more likely that it's like something in the middle once it gets to that point? Do you I know about like- that? I feel like once it gets to the federal court, it's it's either I mean it's I mean it's pretty much you know he plays this year or it's a year. It's a, I don't think it's good. it's not going to be like a six a six month six games or you know a shorter term or twelve. The course it's going to do one way or the other. Either going to stay the case and then you play this year and then we figure it out later and then you get suspended later, or yeah. he just gets suspended now. Right, but ultimately it's either it's all or nothing this year, right? So if you're just right. looking at this year, like for redraft purposes, I would not I would not touch him right now. Like if yeah. I'm in, oh, if yeah. I'm in drafts, I mean, like yeah. there's no way, right? Like even if there's some potential like high end I guess even in tournaments, I'm I'm shying away now. Right. Yeah. Like even in fishbowl I was shying away. Um in, in best ball I've shied away. Um Is is there a world here's my last curiosity question. Is there a world where even though it's kinda sort of stay the case. Is there a world where he starts to say, all right, I'm going to just uh, sit out like the first six games so that if I end up being suspended six games, those are the six games. Or if I'm suspended a year, those are the suspension games. Like, is there a way that he can kind of, because I know for a fact that he wants to get suspended this year if he's suspended. And I wonder if there's a way for him legally to sort of say, okay, well, here, here's, you know, here they are, right? I'm doing them. If you're yeah. gonna fucking suspend me, and if you I let me, think, I don't think you can. No, I don't no, think right? And, and that's you know because I think Robinson, Judge Robinson, even said that. Right? She said um, mm. he didn't get time served last year, right? Because he wasn't on the exempt list. Correct. Right. So, like, yes, was that also part of this whole chess game? I don't know. It seems yeah. like it would. It could be. Right? Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of this NFL dragging their feet and. Unbelievable, and I, and I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like there's so much more to this than we really realize. And yeah, I know the public 
public has been on the NFL, like, oh, you're not, you're not doing justice and you're not doing it. But I think they actually are. Like, I think they are just too. not the way. I don't think this is the way that we expected. They can't just come down like super hard. But I think they're playing this this long game and they're really trying to stick it to him in a way that, right? Like, yeah, maybe we can't get you. Like, just boom, we got you. So we'll just go the long way and we'll still screw you somehow. We'll yeah, still screw it, you. They, they had to really follow the appropriate path and i think yes. it was brilliant having a female judge of course that was that yes. was absolutely you know because it just it it took away the the sort of you know the the public to be like oh this fucking guy you know what i mean like yeah. it was women you know the the whole thing that that just got neutered uh pardon my phrase but it did it just took it away and i and I, cause I was like, man, that's six games. That's fucked up, you know? And then, but if it was, I, because it was sort of a woman, I was like, well, like, I don't know. Like, you know, it just sort of felt like more realistic or something. I don't know. It just didn't feel as like dirty, I guess. But now moving forward, it's like, you know, at first I thought it was six games. I started to move Deshaun up in my, in my rankings and I started, and now if it gets the, if, if it stays, it's like, he's going to play, but like how long, I mean, this is now very, very, uh, sketchy. It's back to sketchy. It was. I thought we had clarity, and I don't think we do. Let's just let's just say it this way. Let's just say he somehow just gets six games. Let's just say that that's what happens. Like somehow or another, the federal courts. That's what. Ha- I just don't see that happening. But let's just say it does. If that were the case, um, who do you? Which player in this offense gets the biggest boost if and when Deshaun Watson starts to play? Mm. Yeah. Yep, yep. I, I, is is Davidville? Davidville's hurt right now, right? Yep. I don't know his situation. You know what? I I I'm tempted just to say Nick Chubb hmm. because I I feel like the offense as mm-hmm. a whole will just be better. Yeah, right. And the run game won't be as like, the box won't be as stacked. Yeah, right. When Watson's not playing, they're gonna stack the box, right? So they can't stack the box as much as Watson's playing. We know like Cooper's kind of hit or miss. Right, yeah, he'll get he'll have. I mean, as the alpha of the offense, yeah, he's gonna get sure. more. But the answer is you know, not Amari Cooper. I'm with no, you. The not, answer yeah, is not, not Amari it's Cooper. Not. It's 100% not like yeah. that's the one. Like, he does have a much higher ceiling now, like, but but he's not the one though. And it's like, no. that's why that's why I went David Bell first, but then he's hurt, right? So it's like, you know, kind of thinking through like maybe Najoku because, like, that's a good answer, you know, you that's know, a good answer. Najoku is someone. But the three, not, the, the yeah. three or four players I thought of, David Bell was also not one of them because I don't think he becomes the primary target or the secondary target. I think it's like Donovan Peoples Jones. Like, interesting. What was DPJ's ceiling with fucking Jacoby Brissett? Like four hundred yards and two touchdowns. Like honestly, yeah. like oh, a field stretcher, outside player, downfield threat, like. Oh well, that's never going to get targets. That never. Now it, his ceiling as the number two wide receiver in this offense is like, I don't know, like honestly, a thousand yards, ten touchdowns. Like I'm not saying he's getting there. Like that's not his yeah. projection. The projection probably six or seven hundred yards, four touchdowns or something. You know, but that's pretty good. You know, it's like, like I was thinking about it. Like he's kind of like DPJ puts himself in. <laughs> this is going to be great in a sort of a Gabe Davis situation where it's like here's a good player who now has a much, much better situation. Now, it's not the Josh Allen pass-heavy situation that they have in Buffalo, but it's it's Josh Allen light because they're going to pass more. Stefanski's offense is way more run-heavy, Chubb, Hunt. But look, DPJ now, 
as an opportunity if he's going to play. They, they just said he's going to play on the other side of Amari. I mean, hey, man, you could do a lot worse than DPJ, especially at ADP. Part of this comes to me from, from where they're being taken in <clears throat> uh, best ball, redraft, and dynasty. DPJ is way the fuck down there. I don't know where, but way down there. And you, know, you got to kind of move him back up into the likes of like some other wide receiver twos on teams like Nico Collins or Jalen Tolbert. Uh, you know, in that range rather than where he's at now, which is further down in my in my estimation. I think that's where he starts to move up to. You mentioned Njoku, obviously his upside and, t- you know, tight ends are all uh, attached to touchdowns. So I love Njoku, DPJ Njoku. It's really all the tertiary guys because uh, I almost said David Garrard when I was talking about Jacoby Brissett. I don't know why I've, I do that, but that's fucking crazy. But um, Jacoby Brissett is not going to be able to feed multiple players like if you think of it this way chalky like uh i almost did it again Brissett, three thousand to 3500 passing yards right so like in order in order for dpj to get like a thousand yards it's got to be like a you know 30 40 percent dominator it's not happening but if if you throw for 45 to 5000 yards or maybe more probably not but 4500 yards getting to a thousand is like oh well that's not crazy, like an 18% dominate, right? You know, so you, you can kind of get there with that type of volume and that type of, uh, of of output. So that's where I think, you know, it's possible that DPJ could be a, a, a sleeper. No, you know what? I, I'm with you on that, right? I like, I love the analysis and, you know, I'm looking at my projections for DPJ. Um, and when I did my projections, and I haven't really updated them since I did them initially, um, like a month and a half ago, a month ago. Um but I was assuming that Watson wouldn't really play this season. I mean, I had right. him for like playing like a game. Like I just, I just gave him like a game's worth of stats just because I, I wanted to give him something. Um, yes. Right. And then I wanted just to, I, I didn't, but I didn't want to give Jacoby Brissett, like, I guess the full season's worth of workload. I think that's, yeah, that's wise. Um, and, and, and then I, you know, I pulled up DPJ right now when you're talking. Yeah. And I have him like at 400 yards, you know, like I don't have him very high. And then, you know, you're saying, you know, <laughs> what, what, so hey, like, well, hold on, hold on. Where, how much do you have him for exactly? 414 yards. Dude, I have him for 403 before, <laughs> before all this. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. do not talk to each other about our projections. Yeah. And I have, hold on, hold on. 52 targets, 31 catches, 403 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> 48 targets, 30, 30 receptions, two touchdowns. <laughs> It's like right there. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man meme activated. Yeah. No, and then, you know, and then you're saying like, okay, if Watson plays and he jumps up, you know, into that, you know, Tolbert range, you know. Yeah. Um, I got, I, you know, I got like even guys like maybe um, Josh Palmer in that range, Nico yes. Collins. Um, you know, I, I like uh, Marvin Jones, right? I mean, I have Marvin sure. Jones a little bit higher. But then if you look at those guys, I mean, they're not in the thousand though. Right? They're more in like the 700s, 700 yeah. yards. Yeah. Still, right? Then, but he's moving into that WR four, WR five territory. He's actually moving into a flex, flex weekly flex play. Yes. Versus someone that you're just, you know, desperation, like you know, I gotta play someone. Um, but yeah, if if Watson plays, yeah, absolutely, he jumps up at least two or three tiers of like, receivers, at least, you know, yes, going up like thirty spots. Um, just off my projections, right? Just off projections alone, I can see him jumping up 30 spots. Just I, I totally, totally agree with you. That, that's yeah. why I say like the biggest mover, you know, whereas that's Amari fair. Cooper, last week we were talking, um, you know, I, I was talking with Danny Kelly and I was just talking about how every every day I was like, 
lowering Amari Cooper, like, fuck, you know, just lowering him and lowering him because like his ceiling has been, you know, sort of reduced in, in, in the last couple of seasons. He hasn't really shown, you know, access to ceiling, even in a good offense. It's been a little bit disappointing with Amari. Um, so I, I, you know, he's been a little, not as good as he was. And then all of a sudden this offense, I was like, fuck, I don't want any part of Amari Cooper. And so, but if Deshaun Watson plays, I do, but I think it just sort of stops the Amari Cooper slide in my rankings. It doesn't like bounce him back up into any sort of stratosphere at all. Um, You know, I had asked last week, you know, Amari Cooper or Jerry Judy, and we both like Judy over Amari. Obviously, now the recent news of uh, Tim Patrick we'll get to uh, puts Judy back up a little bit too. So I'd definitely rather have Judy. But, um, you know, Amari starts to like, not slide past that area. It sort of stays in that area as opposed to keep falling. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dubious of Amari, uh, even with, even with, uh, Watson, to be honest, you know, I feel like with or without Watson, Amari's like, I mean, maxing out at a thousand yards. I mean, that's like being, and that's being generous almost, right? Like, yeah. You know, like I don't have Amari for a thousand yards with percent. That's for sure. No, I had him at 800 yards. Yeah. 838. I I have a little bit more actually. Um, and I probably have to adjust because I guess when I was doing it, I was like, oh, they're going to give Amari 118 targets. And this yeah, is the only player. He's the only player there. Yeah. yeah so I gave him a little bit more. I gave him a little yeah. bit more targets. But yeah, I mean, he's, you know, and that's, that's the one that I should slide down. I mean, just looking at like who he's ahead of in my projections. Just, and when I did my projections like last year, I, what I did was I, I ran my projections and I just, those are my rankings for a draft. Um, it came out pretty good, actually. But then this year, I'm, I'm taking a little different approach. I'm I'm doing some adjustments, right? I want to look totally. at, like, the data and see how it comes out. And, yeah, I mean, Mari, I have him at, like, peaking at, like, a low-end WR3. I mean, maybe mid-WR3. Um, yeah. You know, upside is, like, maybe gets into, like, close to the top 20 receivers. But do you – can you imagine him outscoring Mike Williams, DK Metcalf, Hollywood – Right, Darnell, no. Mooney, like not even like Allen Robinson, maybe. Yeah, uh, definitely. No. You know, not Sutton, not Judy now, right? I mean, these are like the guys at the lower, like the like these are guys that are in that WR two, WR three range. I mean, yes, you know, I mean, even like Drake London, like I, I kind of want to know what Drake London's got more than what Amari got at this point, you know? Because yes, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'll ask it this way: What about uh, for twenty twenty two, Chase Claypool or Amari Cooper? Oof. Right, it's close. It's like I don't know. I mean, I guess that ADP Claypool is like way cheaper, so I'll just take Claypool. Of course, that's no. that's kind of been my point. I, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll get there. Hold on, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, th- I think that that the other person, uh, the other player in this in this analysis that has to get a big bump that we haven't mentioned is Kareem Hunt because yes. he's going to be the pass game back. I mean, you know, I mean, I know he's going to get rushing attempts anyway, but the pass volume is what goes up. So you just have to turn up the volume on all the targets and then all the efficiency yards per attempt. It's like, you know, in their career, Brissett is like 6.2 Watson's like 8.5. So like there's going to be more fucking yards per attempt and there's going to be more attempts. So immediately if Watson plays, you just crank the volume on all these players and especially the tertiary players, you know, not specifically Amari. Amari gets a bump. I think Amari puts himself into the, you know, wide receiver three, backside wide receiver two range, you know? Um, 
but nothing crazy, nothing like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver. But no. all the other guys, like their volume could – completely double you know you, you can sort of almost double the projections for for Njoku double the projections for DPJ and double the pass volume and pass um pass game statistics for Kareem Hunt and so Kareem Hunt very very hinging to the Deshaun Watson news I know all you guys who are rostering Hunt are hoping for Deshaun's return yeah I know I, I like Kareem Hunt as well if, if Watson returns you know that's just a you know I think that's an interesting backfield I mean regardless and you know of course if um, you know Watson doesn't play everybody go you know just takes a big hit yeah. I, I do feel that if Watson plays in the running game in, in, in Cleveland I mean maybe it ends up like like what Denver was like last year we have two yep. really solid kind of RB two yep. types right and that yeah that that gap between Chubb and, and Hunt really shrinks right because right now I have a you know like like a nice tier of twelve players in between them right now. Yes. Um, but then I think that really shrinks down, right? And Chubb comes down, you know, three or four notches. Hunt jumps up like, you know, seven notches or yep. something like that. Yeah, that's um, right. And they're right there. Yeah. I, the, I other, <clears throat> the other team that has a running back that just made a lot of money is uh, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Debo Samuel. Oh, wait. Yeah. I hear he's a wide <laughs> receiver. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Debo, my gosh. One of my favorite players, getting a ton of money, deserves it. He's got a three-year deal. He'll be uh, free again at age 29, I guess. Hoping to get another one. We'll see about all that nonsense. I mean, if he's even, you know, I mean, what the hell? A lot can change. Uh, see Michael Thomas. Uh, but now that Debo has a contract, where did you move him? Are, are you, where do you have him in your dynasty? Like, what, what? Where is he in your dynasty ranks? Dynasty rankings? Yes. Um Oh, you got me like on the spot right now. I actually don't know. I mean, it was on the show sheet. It was on the show sheet. I know. I didn't. I, I, I actually have my. I have my projections up right now. You didn't. Um, you didn't do any homework. I know. I know. I know. It's okay. I, didn't do any I, I said that. Um, I wasn't gonna do. Dynasty. I have him at WR nine. I haven't. I haven't touched him since. I mean, I felt like he didn't really need to go anywhere. I'm not gonna put him. Maybe go WR eight. Maybe you know. I guess I'll flip flop between like him and T Higgins to this day. Like Dude, I have him. I have him at nine too. So, yeah. yeah and I, I, after the contract, I don't think I'm going to raise him more. Like, so here's a, here's an interesting yeah. one. Our boy DJ Moore, Debo Samuel or DJ Moore. I mean, Debo's going to outscore him this oh, year, I, right? Yeah, yeah. I want Debo. I want Debo. I have okay. Debo over more. Yeah, more. I'm more slowly sliding down. I have him at eleven, maybe twelve. Maybe he's yeah. at twelve now. Um, you know, I like Waddle. Waddle's creeping. Um, but I still have DJ Moore as a WR1 in Dynasty. I mean, he's still been pretty productive, right? Just the touchdowns haven't been there uh, throughout the career like we wanted to see, uh, which gives him, which, which would give him that elite ceiling, right? If, if he was scoring touchdowns, he would be in that conversation with, right, the big dogs um, that we love. Um, yeah, of course. And Debo's I mean, an interesting case because and, – and, and sorry, I'm just going to keep going here just because – Please. Um, in redraft after the contract, right? Like I'm bumping him back up into like that top five, top seven wide receiver range. Um, I really like him, you know, with that contract and the fact that he's going to get wrestling usage. When there was questions about that, I actually had him like outside my top 12 receivers for this year. Uh, Cause I was like, he's not going to get the receiving that we want. Um, 
But then I, I even just adding 200 rushing yards to like the hundred I have him for, so he's like not even really hitting that, you know, 350. I think that was in his contract. He jumps up into like that top seven range, right? The top six seven range. But given that, right? Like and like what I'm saying is, given that he jumps up that much in redraft, he doesn't move in dynasty for me. Yeah, not too much. Yeah, and I, this is kind of curious to me because you would expect that, right? Dynasty is a long game, but still, we look at the, the immediate impact really a lot, right? Cause yes. If you're not scoring points for me today, like, I can't value you that much higher in Dynasty. It, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, two two guys that I have back-to-back in my ranks in both uh, Redraft and Dynasty, Steph Diggs, Debo Samuel. It's like, it's hmm. a very, very interesting question. Who do you prefer in either, like, format? It's like, uh, I kind of prefer Diggs this year. Because he's slated for a lot of targets, like literally pencil him in for 150. Um, but maybe Debo and Dynasty, I don't know. It's super close, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, that, that, that's a super close one. And like, I, I'm just kind of hearing you talk and me thinking it through. I'm very tempted to put Debo ahead of Diggs and Dynasty, right? I mean, age and Oof. situation is pretty yeah, good. Close. And get the contract, right? He's going to be happy and he's definitely a unique player. It's, it's definitely close. I, I don't think only you can go wrong either way. All right. I'm going to go someplace that wasn't on the show sheet. I was thinking about it uh, today during the day. Like, all right. So Diggs or Debo, right? And then what about either of those guys or Jalen Waddle in dynasty? I still like Diggs and Debo over Waddle in dynasty. Okay. As of right now. Here's where I was. It's fair. I don't have any problem with that. I'm. I'm. I think I agree. I just don't know. So, but here's the thing. All right, in Miami, this was what I was thinking. What was like the big plays for Tyreek Hill in Kansas City? Were these like Patrick Mahomes would either stay in the pocket and wait, or he would evade, move wait or he would scramble and then wait for Tyreek Hill to like clear the defense right and he'd throw a fucking bomb and it would be a touchdown and it's a huge play and just that one play per game that one time like I, I tweeted it last year I know some might remember this I'm not sure but I'm gonna tell you what he did it was cover zero he read it they're at like midfield right around midfield somewhere like 40 yard line or whatever going in and uh and Mahomes reads it and he he catch he catches the snap from the center and just retreats like going to his, the opposite end zone <laughs> like literally immediately starts retreating cuz they're blitzing everybody's blitzing and there's no safety help and he knows as soon as the as soon as he reads it he knows he's going to Tyreek Hill but he's not going to be open until a, he needs a minute so rather than go to a hotter hot route or something like that something quicker he literally just starts running towards his own end zone and I've never seen anything like it. And he gets to about like the 50. They're at the 40. He runs like 10 yards back and then just throws it as fucking far as he can. And it's a touchdown. And I was like, who does that? I know one person who does not do that. It's Tua. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Like I'm just thinking of like the plays that we've seen Mahomes make that that just makes Tyreek. And you go, oh, my God, dude, that was sick. Like Tyreek is sick. Mahomes is sick. Tua? I'm not so sure. So I would ask you this. Who do you think is going to score more fantasy points in 2022, Jalen Waddle or Tyree Kill? 
it's pretty close. But I, I actually have only a touchdown difference. So like seven points. Yeah. Uh, I have Tyree kill over Jalen Waddle though. Yeah. Um, only because that's true. Right. But Tyree yeah. kill is also known to be the jailbreaker. Yep. Right. So it's kind of like that intermediate short little play, you know, and you just screen it to Tyreek and gone and then, and then it's gone. Yep. I mean, it's yep. fair. Jalen Waddle is very fast too. And you could do the exact same thing. Um, but Tyreek also has the ability to blow the top off the defense. Yes. And yeah, maybe two is not going to have that scramble game and run 10 yards back and then cannon it out. But <laughs> no, no. Right. Yeah. You know, but I, I think Tua does have enough of an arm enough game. Um, yep. To be able to make a read when Tua, I mean, when Tyreek breaks one loose, right? I mean, yeah. And maybe it's not going to happen every game. It's going to be less often, is all I'm saying. Less right? often, yeah, yeah. But but I think there'll still be enough to give Tyreek a little bit of an edge, right? In, in terms of just you know, but I think I think I think Waddle will have more receptions. I think I, right, I, think, I do too. I, I think That's I right. think Tyreek will have like one more touchdown, and I think yeah, the yard he'll have a little bit more yards to kind of even out the the receptions, and then that one touchdown more off one bomb is a difference. But again, I could go either way. I guess what I'm saying is like if you were handicapping it, you're saying most fantasy points in 2022, I'd I'd put it like 52 percent Waddle, 48 percent Hill, like real close. Like oh, yeah, be close, I just, yeah. real close, right? Yeah. Then on the flip side, if you were saying one of these guys, one of these guys ends up as the wide receiver one overall in the NFL. Like, what are the odds of that? It's like 85% Tyreek Hill. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the upside play is Tyreek Hill, but I think the floor play is Waddle to some degree. But but there's a, a fairly big difference in their ADP right now, as you point out, right? So, like, it's like, um, you know, uh, Waddle is going basically sometimes into the fourth round whereas you have to draft um, Tyreek in the second. Like, generally, even sometimes in the early second. I think he's like, you know, right around, uh, what, what did you say, uh, Fantasy Pro's uh, sleeper ADP is like 17 to 42, and then on, uh, on, on Underdog, it's like 21 and 37. So like 15 to 20 picks different. So yeah, it's like a round or two ahead, you have to take Hill. I guess what I'm saying is, is all that upside, I guess it's worth it. But I would rather have Waddle at value and whomever you know, you know what I'm saying. Like I think they're oh, close enough. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, the projection to have them, uh, the difference of seven points in my projections over an entire season. So over 17 games, the difference is seven seven points in my just kind of my conservative projections. And I can get the guy that scores seven less points two rounds later. I'm taking yeah. Waddle every time. You know. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah. I mean, I do think, like, like I said, I do think. Tyreek will score a little more points, but that doesn't mean I'll take him, right? And I think that goes yeah. back to this whole game theory uh, that we like talking about, which is, yes. right, yeah, we want the guys that score the most points, but we also want to balance that with what's the acquisition cost for that, right, for those points. And, you know, if you can do the right calculation of, okay, I'm going to lose just a handful of points here, uh, but I can, you know, gain it back by taking better value instead at this yeah. moment and, you know, still get the arbitrage play two, three rounds later, uh, I would do that, right? And, uh, and they're not the same players. I don't want to call Waddle the no. arbitrage Tyreek Hill at all, but right. in terms of teammate arbitrage, that, that, yes. that's the arbitrage teammate play, right? Where yeah. you're saying, dude, they're on the same team, in the same offense. Someone's going to definitely eat, maybe both. And, you know, looking right. at it, there's two-round difference. I would go with the guy that's 
two rounds later. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're we're still seeing the Kansas City Tyreek Hill in our mind's eye, and it's not him. It's gonna be you know it's gonna be a different deal. And look, I'll give to all all the credit in the world if he can light that kid up and and make him a, a, a wide receiver one this year. That'd be that'd be cool. I mean, even though he's a you know pansy ass dolphin, I mean, why would you ever want to be a dolphin? I mean, they're smart and everything. Dolphins are nice. I'm not trying to hate on dolphins, but they certainly aren't. You're not afraid of a dolphin. You know what I mean? It's a terrible, it's a terrible mascot. And then they wear that candy ass light blue color and the orange creamsicle. I mean, just <laughs> awful, just awful. I mean, if you guys had never had Dan Marino, it'd be the worst franchise in the history of the league. I mean, just awful dolphin fans. Get the hell out of it. You know, the thing is, there's no dolphin fans listening to this right now because there's no dolphin fans. It's Miami. No provincial loyalty, nothing. Get out of here, Miami. I just dunked on Miami. I love it. Normally it's the Jets or Giants, but nope, Dolphins. You guys suck. Anyway, moving on. I'm just joking, but not really. Um, hey, speaking of sucking, uh, did you see uh, Did you see um, Mitch Trubisky go for 16 or some shit like that? Like They're just basically like, rut row. Yeah, man. Yeah. They're, they're in trouble out in Pittsburgh, man. Like I don't know what's going on. They got... All kinds of quarterback problems over there. Jeez, over sixteen in the red zone or two yard line, two yard yeah. line drills. Yep. Yeah, that's that's kind of um, kind of ner- ner- nerving. Uh, yes. Even though it's early, um, yes. Because you know Pickett hasn't been you know great, and we know Mason Rudolph isn't anything special. So. Well, it'd be, one, it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, hey, Joe Burrow is over. You'd be like, yeah, whatever. He's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Oh, Tom Brady is it's, you're like, whatever, dude, whatever. But it's Mitch Trubisky. It's confirming our priors. Like no one's like surprised by this. Everybody's like, oh, right. Yeah. D- doesn't he suck? Pretty sure he sucks. Like, I, I'm not so sure this is going to work out very well for them. And and whether or not Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett currently playing behind Mason Rudolph. I mean, if the Steelers roll out Mason Rudolph as like if he wins that job, do you know how bad that is? Because he's fucking terrible. Like he was awful. He's never been good ever. And so if he wins that job, that is just, I mean, it's big time problems. I, I don't know what the hell they're going to do here. I'm, in my advice, fade all Steelers. I mean, except for maybe Claypool because he's so cheap. But like literally, uh, Fryermuth at his at his ADP fade. Uh, Deontay Johnson fade. Najee Harris. Gigantic fade for me. I am not taking Najee Harris in the first round of a redraft league. Pass. Love the talent, yeah. but get out of here. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> I've done so many best ball drafts, and it's almost like I fell into like becoming this you know zero RB freak. Um, just because looking at the all the RBs in round one, was just I don't want to take these guys. Like I just don't want to draft them. Like I, I would. I don't want to draft Henry. I don't want to no. draft Cook. I don't want to draft. You know, um, Najee, like, I just don't want to draft him, you know? So I'm taking, like, Devontae Adams and Diggs and, like, Jefferson. You know, Kelsey oh, and yeah, yeah, Jefferson, yeah. you know? Like, of course, in the first in the first five picks is pretty pretty chalky. Yeah. Um, but then, like, you know, in the Eckler's, like, six, like, uh, I kind of feel nervous, but I'm like, like, that's the one running back I always fall into in the, in the first round if, like, I'm always, like, Eckler – I don't mind Eckler and Swift either because both those guys offer such great PPR floor, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know. They can be on a bad team, good team. Doesn't really matter. They're just going to get their passing down work. But like, and Dalvin, I think, is a great play, but injury is the problem, I guess. It just gets, I guess, well, guys, that's the thing with me is I'm I'm so tired of having a first round running back that I'm going to, man, it's like, it happens. I'm just so frustrated with it. Yeah. That I decided just to go with these 
wide receivers, right? And then, yeah, because they'll be dope all year. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, and then I get to like round two, and then you know, Swift is there sometimes. And, Saquon, and I'll, uh, Saquon. I actually haven't got enough Saquon though, because. Well, we talked about it. Do you remember? Like, remember when we were like beginning of the off season? Saquon was like a fifth round pick, and we're like, and like a super big buy. He was like a running back, like fourteen in dynasty. And I was like, we were looked at, we're like, uh, buy Saquon. We we are on record as telling everybody to get Saquon. I mean, I know we weren't alone because his ADP went up, and it wasn't because of this fucking show. But yeah, certainly there's a lot of people who acquired some Saquon Barkley uh, at at a very very good value, including you and me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish I, I honestly wish I had I, I got more. more um, I know. You know, like I, I, I believed it. It was just it was hard, right? Because I think there was still people that were smart. That, yes, that's right. And like, the people that were around us that like were trying to get get them from was just like, no, I'm not stupid. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not stupid. Yeah, like, not, it was. But like, you it had to find someone late. stupid a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But then, like you know, it was or in a startup, or it was like two or three months before we were talking about that, right? So yeah. it was like that was already when it was starting to start. People were getting smart about it. Yeah, and now, yeah, he's back in the second round and early second right? round too. Yeah, early second round. Yeah, he's hard. and I don't mind it. I, I don't mind it, but then for me, it's like, but then I'm getting like CD Lamb instead, right? Like, yeah. So, like, so like for me, I, I, I and that's where I've you know um, I keep finding myself just gravitating towards the receivers, yeah, right, um, where I can. Um, and then I just you know, and I was like, trying to convince you and like, Scott Fishbowl to not not draft the running back. Um, but yeah, I just, I just been, been playing with that, that format and that just to see how, how it works. And you know what, it really feels like you've mastered drafting and you can really just be really play the board when you can do that, when you can go eight rounds in and not have running back and still feel like, you know what, I can still pull out a decent team Yeah, doing this. Before I would be like, "You're dumb as hell." I would never do that. Your running backs look <laughs> nasty, and you're not going to win. Right and now, I'm looking at my team. I'm like, it's not great, but I'm like, I have, to, I have Singletary, you know, Marlon Mack, Henderson, and like Jamal Williams, and you know, Brian Robinson, and you know, like looking at my running backs, I'm like, eh, it's not bad, but hey, I got a couple like to at least play early season, and then if some injuries happen, like I got five or six receivers that are just baller. Right, yeah. I mean, they're all top twenty receivers, so they're all going to score points. Um, and well, like, well, and and, and, yeah. and honestly, chalk like the zero RB uh, draft strategy makes sense to me to some degree because that was basically my uh, dynasty game theory startup article was exactly that. It was you know trade back and draft a ton of young wide receivers. Don't worry about running back; you'll get those later. Like because you just want something stable. And something to last a long time, and and you can generally find some value running backs later anyway. And of course, you're going to be trading for first round picks where you can also access running backs there. So it was like, it's like I get it. I get the anti fragility is like you know you just want something that's going to like hold the test of time. Whereas these running backs, man, boy oh boy, they just they just get hurt or they just fall off a cliff. They're just done. It's just over. Todd Gurley, you know David Johnson, like. You know, Ezekiel Elliott now. I mean, the, you know, all the guys who got hurt last year, uh, Henry, uh, CMC, Dalvin, like it was just, I mean, it's rough. These guys get hurt. They're out. ETN, Akers, you know, Dobbins. I mean, say it over and over again, these running backs, right? Whereas it's like, oh, yeah, Jefferson, Lamb, fucking AJ Brown. Like they're just going to be good for a long period of time. So, at uh, you know, if you're in Jalen Waddle territory or whatever, wherever you are, you know, look at Allen Robinson. He's played with shitty teams 
up and down. I mean, he had a bad year last year, but he still has good value. He's going to just hold their value over a long period of time. So that was a general idea of the Dynasty Game Theory startup strategy. And uh, it, it, it generally works. I mean, you do have to have running backs in order to win, as you point out. But, you know, the the the, the opportunity cost of, of getting one with a high premium pick and then them getting hurt is just too much. Yeah, right. And I, I love how you, you know, mentioned the anti, anti-fragility. Yeah, because, right, as the rest of the teams break down and people are getting ACL, then – Right. And, 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 and running backs are falling apart, you know, midseason, uh, you know, and you're the one that didn't draft those early running backs and you have all those, you know, backups uh, that you just grab at the end of, you know, because, you know, because you, you don't need to draft wide receiver darts anymore because now you're just dra- drafting running, running back darts. Right. And all those teams are falling apart and all those teams that are really strong at the beginning of the season with those strong running backs are falling apart. Yep. And then now you have all the backups that they want. So you have like Chris Evans on your team because Mixon got hurt and you have like Alexander Madison. Imagine right. if you had Madison and Chris Evans as like your new running backs right? and like for the back half of the season, but then you have Diggs and Adams and Kelsey and <laughs> right, right. you yeah. know, like he yeah, has a bananas team. And then now you have two RB ones that are like, because you look at every year, look at the running backs that finished the year as like, like the Duke Johnson's and like David Johnson's and like these random guys every year, you know, um, Elijah Mitchell or James yeah. Robinson or every year there's going to be these random guys that no one drafted early. Yes. That are going to be RB1s, not for the season, but for weeks 14, 15, 16, 17. Deion Lewis and back in the day. And yeah, like, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep. That's what I want. I don't it, and I, Becoming a more seasoned player and becoming more comfortable with this whole concept of anti-fragility and as teams are breaking down, I'm working the wire even harder. I'm yeah. already stashing guys. I'm already ready. And the way you play, right? Like you talked about back, uh, trading back, right? You're active on the wire. You're always stashing guys. You're always looking ahead, right? Getting ready for the potential, right? That black swan event or, you know, whatever that chaotic moment that happens, you're ready, right? And then when that happens, it's holy shit. Like how does Scott have literally the most bananas team? It's like, oh, because... You know, he, he traded back, he had assets, now he has picks, now he can move those picks for to go get a you know, stud running back one at at the end of the season to make a to make a run for it, right? Because that yeah. you know, because I, I think that zero RB also yeah works in the dynasty setting like you had mentioned. Yeah, um, and, and it's like um I don't know how to say it, but like, you know, also finding the guys that have a potential to increase in value. It's the Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples Jones, like whoever you're drafting back there, like when you're in, in a startup, um, they probably suck. Like that's the, that's the very likely scenario. So they're all probably useless shit bags. That's what's happening. So when you're drafting useless shit bags in the back end, you want to have someone who can potentially increase in value, you know, 12 months from now. So that way, you know, he could be part of a trade package next year. You know, people always say, well, you can trade him. A lot of p- players, you can't trade for one thing. Like, you know, or maybe you can, but it's like not th- nothing very good. But when you put like, you know, like I think I, I did it this past uh, draft. I showed you a, a trade I made. It was like, uh, it was Nico Collins and Tim Patrick and like something. And I got like a first round pick. Like I moved, You know what I mean? It was like, you know what I mean? It was like I, a bunch of shit. And then I did something with it. And it's like those guys just have to have a little bit of, you know, momentum 
and then they become something. So you're just looking for guys with arrow up, you know, and if you can just stack a bunch of arrow up guys and then, you know, then you can package them and keep moving. But if you draft arrow down guys late, like that's where your team just, now you have nothing. Like, you know, you're just back there like, shit, I don't have anything. I have nobody like you ever look at a team. I know anybody playing dynasty, you look at a team, you're like, I wonder if I can make a trade with this guy. Let me see here. Oh, geez. You know what I mean? You look at this team. You're like, I don't want a single fucking thing on the entire roster. Top to bottom. None of it. I don't want I don't want anything like, yeah, he's got some players, but I don't want a single fucking thing on his roster. You look and he's like, got no picks. You're like, dude, what is this nonsense? Like, that's how bad sometimes it can get. When all of your stuff is just on the backside, downside, falling, and and then twelve months later you turn around, you're like, my team is just dog shit. So you, you got to be careful with that stuff. And so that's where it is for me. It's like that's why I'm talking about DPJ. It's not like is DPJ going to be OBJ. It's like no, is DPJ going to be good enough where you can package him up with some other things and actually move for something like you know him something something, and all of a sudden you have a twenty three first because. He has some tangible value and someone's like, oh, this guy's fucking, you know, and someone tells themselves DPJ is the next, you know, thing and there's going to be believers and you just sell on that and you just keep moving. But if you're drafting some shit bag that has no chance of ever like, you know, accruing value, then what the hell are you doing? It's like, I'll move to it. It's like, how about how much the runway is clearing for Jalen Tolbert? You know, right now it's the same. It's the same thing. Jalen Tolbert is this year's Gabe Davis. It's not like, you know, oh, you love Tolbert. It's like, yeah, maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. I don't really fucking know. But he's going to be the wide receiver, too, on Dak Prescott's team. That's what I do know. And if he's good at all, if he's, like, kind of above average, his value is going to skyrocket. You feel me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jalen Tolbert is definitely one that um, his value is going to skyrocket. And it's it's too late now, I mean, to get on the train, right? You just Yeah. You know, at this point, I mean, if you want to get in, you can still get in, but it's, you know, it's way... It's getting expensive. Yeah, it's way expensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree, right? At the back end of drafts, I mean, even like the second half of drafts, um, once it starts getting kind of like, ah, I'm not really into these guys, like, you know, I would always shoot for the upside guys. I'm always looking for the younger players that have a little yes. more runway. Um, you know, I think I was listening to one of your episodes recently. I forgot who was on, but they were talking. You guys were talking about. Um, I think it was actually Matt Kelly and talking about um, like how NFL teams look at players and like when they're cutting players, and it's really about the upside, right? That the player carries, and sometimes you think that this veteran, like he's you know been in the league longer and this and that, but they get cut and they keep the younger guy because the younger player has more upside. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember when, when that was, but it makes so much sense. Right. Cause even for dynasty, you don't want the, the old veteran that's like, yeah, he's probably good, but he's probably just a clogger. And yeah, maybe all these guys are all cloggers at the end of the day. Right. But yeah, like you said, like if they're going to be a clogger, I want someone that has an inkling of upside that he flashes in training camp and he's still like only 24, 25 or maybe 26 receiver. And, um, you know, he has a couple of flashes in, in, in OTAs and then in camp and, you know, like then it's worth it. I mean, one guy that's super deep sleeper, uh, I mean, this is a random name I and mean, this is, I love like, it. No, I love know, it. Like I can't very, wait. This would be like a th- 30th round pick is like Trey Nixon, right? Um, yeah. he's a player like, like last year I would have, I would have wanted to pick them up in a, in a startup draft. You know, if I knew that 
you know, he had some upside, but now I would because he had a little flash a little bit, just like some inkling of something maybe, um, you know, um, and it's funny because there's guys like, I think back like Braxton Berrios, right. That was yes. in New England and, you know, Trey Nixon gives me those weird vibes and, um, Berrios, he eventually, you know, as we saw like last year, so he kind of had a little bit and you can lose those players. I mean, if they flashed, you know, Berrios had a couple of touchdowns in a game and, you know, I saw him move for like a third, you know? So yeah. if you're holding these random guys, it's at the bottom of your roster. Yeah. They're probably not going to be worth anything, but only hold if you can see value. And as you see me in leagues, always picking up random guys off the waiver, like every yes. night It's because, Hey, like I'm going to hold these guys for a couple of days and see what training camp happens. If nothing's happening, I'm just going to churn them out and pick the next guy up and just, yeah, you know what? Probably give me nothing. I'm probably going to make a hundred transactions and I'll probably make nothing. But yes, sometimes you're picking up Darren Waller and uh, yes. Robert Tanya because I did. Yes. I have done that. You know, yes, I've had picked up a bunch of Wallers doing the same shit. Yes, you know, and like people will clown me. It's like okay, laugh at me, but there's gonna be that one time where I'm going to pick up some random guy. That's and right. Just hold them. Or draft them at the end of the draft and just hold them. James this, Robinson. Yes, this is the, 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 the look. It's Donald Parham. Donald Parham could have been Waller. He wasn't, but I had him everywhere just because he was he was he was a waiver wire player, and you know he has something where he could have been good. Now you do a bunch of Parhams, but you do get a Waller when he's there because you're the guy actually transacting to get the Parhams because you don't exactly. know whether it's Parham or Waller. You just <laughs> no. know. You don't. You just Logan Thomas, another guy. Logan yeah, Thomas. you don't know. You just yeah. have to. You have to be transacting on the bottom there, looking for that, and that's what helps playing in multiple leagues too. Because like I play with Chalk, and I'll see him. Like I'll be like, "Who the fuck is that?" Like I don't even know who he picked up. I don't literally don't even know the guy's name, and I'll be like, "Oh shit, he's available in that other league." Who the fuck is that guy? I'm gonna pick him up because Chalk picked him up, you know. And it's like, you know, or Beasy does this shit, man. He's so Beasy. good. Beasy's so good at that shit, so man. Like Beasy good. makes me mad because, like, yeah, like, I, I feel like I'm the guy that's like really good at it. Yeah, like I'm in leagues with him, oh. and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go get this guy. And Boom, like, he's got him, and he had it. I mean, last year he was like, you know, he was on like he was on your show, and you guys talk about like Treadwell. And I remember I was I remember I was driving, I was driving to go get a haircut, and you guys start talking about like Laquan Treadwell on the Jaguar that he's like yes. sneaky, and he mentioned Ashton Doolin who. Ironically, right now, I was getting more hype again, right? Yes. Anyways, I remember I was driving on the freeway to get my hair cut in the morning. It was a Saturday morning. I remember this so well. And I was listening to your guys' show, right, when BZ was on with you. And he, he starts talking about Lacan Treadwell. And I almost fucking crashed because I'm literally <laughs> driving like 75 miles on the freeway, um, pulling out my fucking phone to take a note, literally – um, to make sure you go get Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> make sure I don't, because like, I, I'll do this often where I'll listen to this, like a podcast or I'll see something like on Twitter. I'm like, oh, I got to pick this guy up tonight. Like, I got to make sure I put in the waiver claims tonight. Like, every night I do this, right? I sit down, I'm like drinking and just looking at my phone, scrolling, you know, all my leagues. And I'm like, I'll literally look at my entire roster. And I'm, I'm going to give you like a sneak peek of like what I do. I go through my whole roster, the starting lineup, the bench. Look at every player. And I see anyone that's slightly cuttable. Yeah. Like we're talking about, like slightly cuttable. Instantly going to like the trending page, looking there, going to the watch list, looking there. And I have all my players that are watching, like whatever yes. I want. All the upside guys, right? Yes. Usually I'll take, they're usually all taken. But once you see that little yellow, little yellow W, you're like, boom. 
move them in, right? Yes. Um, but I do that all the time. And I feel like when you're doing that, you're always in something. Yeah. And sometimes it works, you know, against you where you, you drop the guy that, you know, eventually yes. blows up, but Hey, look, it's, it's a numbers game. And yes. the per- like you said, if you're not, if you're not picking those guys up, you're never going to have them. You do have to be so, careful as you point out with the, who you drop. You can't be overly aggressive because you yeah. can make some mistakes, but I think you have to, you're right. You have to look at your roster first. That's the key. Don't just pick up a guy. Look at your roster first and be like, who needs to go? Like, who yeah. is the shit on the bottom of my sneaker of this of this team? Yeah. And you'll you'll figure it out. It's just like, oh, Amir Abdullah. Yeah, he's not going to do shit. Like, yeah. he's not going to do it. Like, you know, yeah, it's a bottom of the roster. He's playing there. You know, Oakland, I mean, excuse me, Las Vegas could get some. No, he's not going to get shit. He's done. Like, it's not happening. You know, now you go out and go, I can get whomever and get, honestly, whoever for for Abdullah because it doesn't matter because they're both shit bags. So get a different uh, uh, shit bag with upside. And that's exactly right. I mean, if you're if you're trying to go pick up Trey Nixon and you're like, oh, I got to drop and it's like Tanyan is your worst player. It's like, well, no, he doesn't belong in that league. Like, don't do that. That's stupid. You know, you, you know, you know how I just dropped some from some, from some teams. Um I was looking at depth charts, and it made me very sad to see your boy. Uh oh, the chestnut. Yes, yeah, I know. He's I buried, know. man. He's, he's buried. He's make the team. He's not gonna make the team, man. He might not. No, I I agree. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, look so, at the end of the day, undrafted. I mean, come on, man. you know. I mean, yeah. we know. Yeah, we know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. yeah, but he's one of those guys. I I picked him up too because you don't know. But you don't know. Yeah, he's one of the guys. I'm I'm starting to let go. Um, looking at depth charts and just seeing, you know, can he climb? I don't yeah. think so. I don't think but, so. I mean, you know, but but you know, if you have deep deep enough teams where you can hold them, I, I would. Yeah. So in so in my leagues, I, I need like one or two more spots, man. It's like maybe, maybe that's everyone's problem. But Everybody's always, problem. Yeah. I always need one or two more spots, man. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm a fucking commissioner. I set these leagues up, and I set them so shallow, and I hate myself. I'm like, Damn, how about like, the born and raised league? How deep that thing is? It's too deep. <laughs> it's too deep. There's, there's, there's not enough. There's not enough on the wire. I have like um, twenty taxis or some shit like that. I have players so all over the place. It's so great. It's so many. It's so many Pe- guys. People don't want to hear us talk about this, but it, yeah. it is pretty. Maybe they do. Maybe they love it. But I will tell you the the this this Jalen Tolbert thing is just like so rewarding. I love it because I've been all over <laughs> Tolbert, and just, you know, look, he hasn't done jack squat yet. I mean, he hasn't done anything zero, but. That's not even what I was saying. The whole point of the of the acquisition in the late second, early third of every single every single rookie draft was because he he has this opportunity, he has this runway. I mean, I could probably if I didn't believe in him, it wouldn't even matter because I could just trade him for gigantic profits week one, right before week one, when it's like, oh, that motherfucker's starting. Yeah, starting wide receiver. Anybody want one? Boom, boom, boom. Just you know, you can get something for it, but. I'm not going to because I'm going to watch him be awesome because it's going to be fun. Uh, by the way, Jimmy G. Jimmy G, you know, it's looking less and less likely that he's going to find a spot. Um, and I'm wondering, you know what's so ironic is wouldn't he be great in Pittsburgh? You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. Yeah, Am I right? Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would be, be great. Um, yeah, we were just talking about, <clears throat> talking about this before the show. I don't, I don't know if he's going to go anywhere this year. I mean. I know. Just a weird situation. I mean, maybe he does, and you know, it'd be cool to see him <clears throat> in Pittsburgh or something. I mean, 
kind of resurrect <laughs> that. He's not that going to Pittsburgh, career. though. It's not. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're going to play happening. pick. They're going to fuck it up. Like, okay, yeah. I'll just go through some teams. Arizona, no. Baltimore, no. Atlanta, interesting. But probably no. not. No, because Mariano's getting some good reports right now. And yeah, yeah Ritter. Yeah, I, don't yeah, see I just don't think they're going to do that. They're not in the position no. to, like, make that move. Buffalo, no. Cincinnati, no. Carolina, holy shit, huh? I mean, oh my that'd God. That would be the biggest train wreck oh, if they did that. No, God. they can't do that. that they can't. They be, won't. No. You know, Chicago obviously won't because they've got, you know, fields. Cleveland was a place that I thought could have been a spot. And I don't know, man. It, it, it's going to require – it's still a, a possibility if um, if Deshaun That's gets the, the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That Then it's a possibility. Dallas, no. Denver, no. Houston, no way. Houston is not going to take Jimmy G over Davis Mills. They're just not going to do it. They're, they're, they want to no. see what they've got. Detroit. Detroit needs no. to go get Gardner Minshew. I've said it once. I've said it again. Finally, some some of my listeners are like, paying attention to this. This is where Gardner Minshew needs to play football tomorrow. Like I, I posted this once and like the Detroit fans were like, yeah, if you want to just not make the playoffs, bleh. I was like, the fuck are you guys talking about? Like you're a Detroit Lions fan. When was the last playoff win you guys had? Like what, what are you hoping for? Like you think you're going to make the Super Bowl with golf or whatever? It's like, don't you just want awesome entertainment entertainment? Minshew gives you the greatest quarterback coach combination in the NFL for entertainment yeah. purposes. Period. <laughs> Period. Like oh, fuck so me, dude. How, why wouldn't you want that? I just oh, don't even no. understand the, the pushback. I thought I was going to be like, you know, br- just carried in on a, you know, uh, on people's shoulders <laughs> for that take. Fucking deserve to lose. If you don't love that take you Detroit oh, Lions no. fans, Green Bay. No, Indianapolis. No, Jacksonville. No Rams. No, Minnesota. No, Kansas city. No, Saints, no, right? Like, no. no. Winston's healthy, no. Yeah, Raiders, no. That the team that could do it but won't do it. Giants, can the Giants do that? No, right? Well, why would they, they, why would they do it though? They're not going to. What do you mean really why? Because they have no quarterback. Well, they're not. Com- are they? No, but I mean, <laughs> do, who, there's a difference between being competitive and thinking you can be competitive. That's true. You know. They probably I, I, believe it. Does he make him that much better? I don't. Um, know. Probably. I mean, really, Daniel Jones, and, and and nobody. I mean, they could. I don't know. It's 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 at least a, it's at least a somewhat of a spot. I mean, it's not a spot, but it's somewhat he's of a, a spot. He's a game manager. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's not much of an improvement. It's no, 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 no. Yeah, no, it's the, the not thing, great. The thing with Daniel Jones is. It's almost like he has a higher ceiling, but then also a very lower floor. Much, right? much, like, much, 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 you know, much, much, like, much lower floor. Much, much lower floor. But then, like, Dan Jones does have the rushing upside, and he can kind of do some things. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, no, I just – I, 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 I think the Daniel Jones experiment ends this year. And so no, it, whether – It does. What if it, it ends does. early? What if they're, like, 0-3 and, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, no, I don't – they're not going to trade for – I don't see them trading for Jimmy G 0-3, though. Like, why would you do that? Like – like I mean, because Daniel Jones sucks. Anyway, all right. Well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Maybe they're not going to do that. I'm not saying they will. Oh, do, I'm just do, saying, do like, they have, do they have picks next year? Do they have their picks? What, why would you need picks? That, no, I mean, the f- they're going to tank. Like, they're going to tank. Oh, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Well, they're not yeah. going to tank. They're the Giants. They think they're the best. <laughs> I, I mean, no, seriously. This is not. <laughs> sure. Seriously, yeah, ask true. a Giants fan what their record's going to be this year. Okay. I, yeah. I, 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 tend, I tend to ignore them, so. No, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, we're gonna get in trouble. We're just roasting everybody. Chargers, obviously, no. Eagles, no. Miami, no. San Francisco, hey, they could. No, I'm joking. Uh, Patriots, yeah. no. Jets, no. Seahawks, right? So the Seahawks are like a spot where they, honestly, it would work kind of. I mean, it, it's all it's because of the division. Like that's that's the reason it just would be like probably so like not happening. Um, because Carol's. Because Carroll thinks he can compete, like we we know that, like we think he can still, he thinks yeah. he can contend right now. Like, and, thinks, and I mean, maybe with a with a, beat, beat the Rams, I don't know. Why. With a quarterback, they're they're you know a nine and eight team or something. I mean, honestly, Jimmy G might make them nine and eight. You know, they're not awful. They've got how's weapons. He, how's he going to get there though? That's the problem. They're not. Gonna I mean, change. release and sign, but they they're they're delusional enough to think that Geno Smith and Drew Locke give them as good a chance. So that's weird. I mean, they weren't in on yeah, Baker. So, that that we know. There's like nowhere else you can go, right? Tennessee. Yep, Tennessee, New York Jets. No, Pittsburgh is what's so funny. Like, you know, if, uh, they could they could literally have made a different pick with Pickett, like a a good football player, and then just gotten Jimmy G, and they'd be in such better shape. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what? It, it, it hey, about, like about, so hey hold on. How, how about your team, Tampa Bay? Let him go in and back up Brady. Be the be the. I'll be, be, be down with that. I'll be down with that. No, but like, remember how Jimmy G was like in Brady's yeah, shadow, yeah. like yeah. ten yeah. years ago. That'd be pretty funny. That'd yeah. be pretty funny. I mean, last spot is kind of a sneaky one. Washington. I mean, is yeah. Wentz? Maybe. I, how I long maybe. does the Wentz experience experiment last? Last the season. Yeah, I know. Yeah, last season. That's why, like, it's just, there's no, no, it's just like all the chairs are taken up. It's like, it's yeah. just, you know, all, there's no prom day. It's like, there's no, he's no going to need a popped ACL from somebody in, in training camp. It's like, yeah, in training camp. Like, it's just one of those, like, unless it's like a contender, like, God forbid, right? Like, Tampa lost their quarterback. Oh, don't do like, that. You know, yeah, but, you know, I'm just saying, like, if it was like a contender that lost their quarterback, maybe then he gets traded, like, in the season, but, at least yeah, say it was like know. Indianapolis, like Matt Ryan. It's like okay, fine, you know, don't do that to, don't do that to that's Tampa. True. That's not nice yeah. to Tom. I mean, I don't yeah. appreciate that. So, all right, so Jimmy G. That's what I'm saying. I think you know. I said it last uh, week. I was like, who do you think last couple of weeks who has a better chance of starting 12 games this year? And it was Jimmy G. Twice, and it's the right answer. And I'm wondering now. I mean, it's probably not Pickett, but maybe Pickett now. My gosh. Anyway, this Giants yeah. team we talked about. You know, if you're gonna draft shitty, uh, uh, if you're gonna draft players from a shitty team, this is the shitty team I want to draft players from. The New York Giants. Um, you know, Najee and Saquon. Saquon's much much cheaper, and probably a higher ceiling and a better football player. That's for sure. And if he's healthy, I'm ready to go Saquon over Najee, especially at cost. And then all of the other weapons in in, in New York are so cheap. You know, like. They're all so cheap. Who's 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 coming out of the the New York Giants as the number one sort of pass game player? Yeah, yeah. probably probably the cadaver. Yes, and probably <laughs> probably really is. Probably right. <laughs> yeah, just by default. I mean, yeah. but he, someone's got to do something there. I mean, I know yeah. we. Don't, I mean, I know we're we're giggling and laughing. And I don't blame you, but like. What what the fuck, man? Someone's got to do something. Am I right? Or, or, yeah, or no? No, that, he, no, and you know, and he's he has some talent, right? I, I think I think I we joked about him because he was, I think, overhyped, 
Yes. Right. For what he was. Um, but he's talented. He's very, very elusive. And, you know, he got like a lot of this crazy body control, very fast, very shifty, um, very talented, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I think he has talent and yeah, I mean, if he has the opportunity there, right. If he's going to get looks yeah. And they're going to scheme him, right. They're going to mix it up. Like I already saw some reports how they're kind of moving around. So, you know, I, I think out of the pass catchers, he, he'll have the, you know, the best season. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was out on him as a first round pick in the NFL draft, but I'm in on him at his current, you know, sort of cost. I think, I think it's, look, if you're handicapping most PPR points from pass catchers on the Giants, Kadarius Tony is the, Odds on favorite, am I right? Yeah, he is. And and, he is. and and so then who's number two is now the question. Holiday. Is it? I mean, maybe. I mean a, a week after I was disparaging, I mean we literally named the show Wandale Rondale last week because of the <laughs> you know, I think I said PTSD Dale. I was I was I was pretty high last game. I should have gotten high for this one. No, I'm joking. Um but um I think Wandale Man, he's getting so much hype right now. It's literally the show popped, and he was like, "They were like, we love Wandale again." And I don't know, man. Maybe there's some Wandale. They were they were talking about him running out of the backfield. Like he's involved, and I mean, they spent you know draft equity on him. So between Tony and Wandale, there's a lot of draft capital invested in those two players. You and then money tied up with Galladay. It's really those three. I don't think this right. Good. Yeah, it's just weird though. You're gonna play Wandale and Tony at the same time, like two. I think so. I think so. I think it's gonna be Galladay, Wandale, and Tony. I think Tony's gonna play like sort of a Z role. That's what I think. And Galladay's gonna be the outside X and never get targeted. Wandale's (laughs) gonna be the slot and like do stupid shit near the line of scrimmage and have balls thrown at his feet until they get Jimmy G. Yeah, it's just such a mess. It's just a mess over so there. bad. I just like just draft Saquon and call it a day. Else. No, but that's the point. Like, if they all of a sudden had Jimmy G, you'd be like, "Oh, well, fucking Tony and Galladay." Like everybody would be like, "Oh, let's uh, let's see here. What do we got?" But it's because it's fucking Daniel Jones can't get anything going. Like, I mean, th- look, if Dayball doesn't get him turned around in the first five to eight weeks, I think you've got to really think about what they're doing there. Yeah, but. It, would he really try to switch a quarterback in his first season? Like, wouldn't he just take the L? Like, and then like basically, buy, you know, because then it buys him that. Because then this year doesn't yeah. count, right? Yep. It's like I inherited this, so just yep. write it out, yep. and then he'll draft somebody, and then or sign someone cause, next year. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, he picks. Because then hey, he wants his guy, right? And yep. I don't know if Jimmy G is his guy. No, I know. You know? You're right. Like he, he You're needs right. a little bit more mobile, and, and, and Jimmy G is not mobile. What what a what a ringing endorsement for Giants fans. Giants fans right now, like we're trying to give like that wasn't even a mockery. That was like real fucking. That was real. We were just trying to like figure it out, and we're like, oh Jesus Christ! Like you know, we gotta go back to college. I fucked up my life. Like this was really depressing. That was really bad. Like yeah. when the best thing we can talk about is like maybe we can maybe we can say some nice things about the currently injured Daniel Pellinger. Like that's all we've got. It's really bad for you guys. I'm so sorry, Giants fans. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> oh, 
You know, you know what though? You know who's having a good camp? Ramondre. Mondre. Mondre Stevenson. Right after we uh gave him some hype, man, Peter King uh and Mike Reese both were saying nice things. Uh they said Mondre is likely to lead the team in rush attempts. That's Peter King. I love it. Wow. I mean, if if he's gonna lead the team in rush attempts, then Damon Harris is dead and Mondre is you know, outside chance at uh, RB1 and a very good chance to be an RB2 this year. Oh, I love hearing that. Looking at Ramondre Stevenson, I got him in the 11th round of the Scott Fishbowl. Oh, my God. my zero RB team as my RB2. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. That's just music to my ears. Week one starter. I'm telling you. He's, he's going to be such a smash pick, and I'm going to have him in every redraft team. I swear, he's going to go in the ninth round, tenth round, ninth round in all these redraft leagues. I'm going to smash him there as my RB2, and I'm just going to laugh to the bank. Cause, all right, dude, we're going to play things. a game. We're going to play a game. This is this or that with Ramondre Stevenson and Chalk. You ready? Let's go. All right, who do you prefer in Dynasty? We're just going to see where you end. Rapid fire. No, no analysis. Ramondre Stevenson. Or Devin Singletary? Ramondre. Mondre or Damian Harris? Ramondre. Ramondre or James Conner? Ramondre. CEH? Ramondre. <coughs> Kareem Hunt? Ramondre. James Cook? James Cook. Chase Edmonds? Ramondre. Miles Sanders. Ramondre. Josh Jacobs. Ramondre. Here's one. Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell. So close. Okay. Rashad, Rashad White. Ramondre. Oh, boy. Uh, Zeke. Ramondre. Oh, yes. AJ Dillon. I like Dylan more. Okay. All right. So, all right. I have him right in that range too. Yeah. That's like right around running back 24, 25. How about David Montgomery? I like Montgomery a little bit more. Oh, like it's close though, right? It's he, close. Montgomery's no, like my, same tier. Yeah. Montgomery's in my RB 21, like Antonio Gibson or Ramondre. It's like, I still like Gibson, I, I, but. I have, right? a, I have it like, I have it. Cook, Mitchell, Monty, Ramondre. Like, yeah. you're asking all So it's like, and I can switch those, like, it, I can kind of all be t- like switched around. They're all in that same tier. Like, they're like a, this tier eight for me. Yes. Uh, of all those other guys you mentioned, they're all in that tier nine, right? Yes. I mean, yes. uh, Jacobs, Elliot, Sanders, Connor, Edmonds. You know, I have Ramondre ahead of Josh Jacobs, and I'm like, I don't feel bad about it at all. I don't feel, Not even I don't a little bit. At all. Oh, no, no. I don't feel bad at all. I, no. I, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> – this is how I, ironically the pendulum is swinging. I'm starting to actually put Miles Sanders back ahead of Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even seen Miles Sanders play, but you know what? Like, I'm getting back on board. Uh, I know I've been wrong like every year, but this is the year <laughs> where I'm yes. like, I'm going to be the Mayo man. I'm like, dude, Miles Sanders better do something. Um, dude, like he – he's not a bad player. No. He just has not had the opportunities – and if you don't have the rock, you cannot you cannot ball. It's right. as simple as that. And I do think he will 
he'll be exciting this year. And I think that's going to change some perceptions. And Jacobs, I'm, I'm not as bullish on right now. I think it's yeah. just, you know, um, but they're, they're all right there. They're all real close. And, yes. you know, it's a matter of, I mean, in my opinion, a matter of some of his preference and some of it's just probably like stubbornness. Um, yes. You know, but I have them all right there. Look, I think, I think th- here's why, here's why I like Ramondre perhaps a little bit more. First of all, you can get him cheaper. I mean, in a startup or in redraft or whatever, but certainly in a startup draft. I know that right now there's some heat on Ramondre, so whoever's holding Ramondre might not want to trade him for Josh Jacobs. But I would definitely be floating that out there. Like, you know, I'd I'd do something where it like looks like I'm giving him Jacobs or something or whatever, or even Zeke for Ramondre type of thing, where you're like, they think, whoa, I all oh, right, this is you know because you, you know it's just they're gonna think they're getting the better the better asset. And they're not, you know, David Montgomery. Well, I mean, but if I'm like trading Ramondre for Zeke, or if I'm trading Zeke for Ramondre, I'm definitely gonna try to get like plus a plus, you know. Yes, you probably won't get a second out of it. You could try. You, you probably try. won't. Yeah, you try. You know, but I, I don't know. I don't, but then I wouldn't want a third though. I would rather get a player. Yes, right. Like then you get an upside player. Like yes. the third might be good, right? If you really need the extra assets later. Yes. But if you could actually get a, like an impactful or a, you know a decent like. Dart, you know, like a not dart throw, but like an upside player. Um, I mean, that'd be worth it, right? I mean, well, one of my, one of my, trying to sneak one, into Tolbert. Yeah, one of my, yeah, that's great. One of my favorite ones too is like a Nico Collins Tolbert type of player. Good call. Yeah. My, one of my favorite ones to do is like you give them Zeke plus a second and a third, and you get Ramondre in a first. You know what I mean? And like they think, oh well, that yeah, that's fine. And then somehow you just ended up with a Ramondre in a first, and you're like, oh my god. So, yeah, that's a little, you know, if you have to throw, even if it's like you end up with like, you know, you send Zeke a second and two thirds, they're like, yeah, that all, that's all equal. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Sneaky. Yeah. Sneaky, yeah. sneaky. That's how you end up stacking first. And you're like, how did you get that first? It's like, who did you trade to get that first? You're like, absolutely nobody. I got fucking, it got, it got thrown in somehow. I fucking tricked them, you know? So, I mean, that look, that one works a lot, especially with newer leagues. People will fucking wise up to those types of moves, but. Honestly, you know, you try those moves, they're going to work more often than you think. And honestly, like, especially if someone has like Antonio Gibson a little bit higher than you or David Montgomery or Zeke, one of those players are like, shit, all I have to do is get rid of this Mondre guy. He was a backup running back. You know, it's just it's just how you do it. And and, and then the arbitrage is that even if Ramondre fails, you still have the first, you know. So that's the that's the how you play it. Anyway, moving on. Hey, what about? I asked Danny Kelly last week on the pod this question. Again, our timing was impeccable because after I asked him this question, there was some news on one of these players. So I will ask, in Dynasty, who do you prefer, Elijah Moore or Garrett Wilson? Oh, I love both of them. But yeah. I, I definitely like Elijah Moore more than Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Um, Elijah Moore is – my most rostered wide receiver in Dynasty. Right wow. Now. I did not know yeah. that. That's yeah. great. It, it it was a development that happened this offseason. I'm up to 14 on 14 teams out of 29. Nice. Um, and that's a lot. I mean, it's yeah, a lot that's of Elijah big. Moore. That's, that's great, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just, you know, I have a lot of conviction in him, um, you know, and you know, I'm just I'm super excited about what he's what he did last year as a rookie, and then yep. kind of how that profiles historically, and then 
kind of just all the, everything we're seeing now, right? It's like yes. you don't want to buy them to all this camp hype, but when it's being added onto actual hype from the last season, right? Yes. And it's going into year two when you're really expecting him to blow up. Yeah, man. So yeah, I do like Gary Wilson uh, a ton, but no, I, I much prefer Gary, uh, Elijah Moore, and I'm willing to pay up for it. Nice. Well, it was pretty cool because last week this was before. I mean, there was just a little snippet. Look, the camp stuff is just is what it is. But it was before camps really got underway. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I said, uh, "Who do you prefer?" And we we both leaned Elijah Moore. And what was cool is like literally last year on the pod that Danny Kelly and I did, we kind of unearthed Elijah Moore as one of our sleepers, and we both loved him going into the year. And like, you know, we were all Elijah Moore. And now this past week in camp, they basically were like, "He's the clear number one in this offense." Like. They're like, he's standing up head, head and shoulders above everybody, which kind of makes sense. Like, you know, I wasn't sure about that, but hearing that, I, I think that starts to line up with what I thought could be possible, which was part of the reason that I started to fade Garrett Wilson a little bit. It wasn't that I didn't like Garrett Wilson, the player. I just thought that, you know, we, we, we sort of identified Garrett Wilson as like this safe play in this rookie draft. And then he goes to a spot where there's not a lot of, I don't know, opportunity for him to be just that safe guy who sees volume, right? Because it was like, well, Elijah Moore's there and he's the upcoming star. And so now Garrett Wilson has to be better than that to, to sort of be that that guy, right? And it was like, wow, that's interesting. Will he be? And uh looks like he may not be at least early on. Uh So yeah, I'm with you. Elijah Moore over Garrett Wilson in Dynasty. I'm there for it. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, man. Let's, let's ride. Yeah, let's go. And, you know, Nico Collins... Jalen Tolbert, just hope you guys have been, uh, you know, putting some chips in on those players. Uh, Josh Palmer, uh, Donovan Peoples, Donovan Peoples Jones, but one of those, one of those names is plural. Uh, I will, I will say this before we, before we head out, we're about to close up, but Tim Patrick buses ACL, man, that fucking sucks. I mean, Tim Pat, at least he got his money, I guess he got signed his contract there last year. So Dude's got a little bit of money, but who do you think this sort of uh, affects the most? Uh, like, if you were lifting someone up, uh, you know, who, who do you think is most most affected in Denver with this Tim Patrick news? Have you? What do you think? Uh, Judy, I think Jerry Judy gets the yeah. bottom here. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, because he's most more likely to play in two wide receiver sets, right? Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think it probably helps the Dulcich Albert O. A little bit yeah. too, right? Yeah, I, I heard a little sneaky Dulcich could get, you know, maybe fill in that role a little bit. Yeah, one um, of them, maybe, right? Because yeah, uh, Patrick was a big body, you know, yep. big body slot guy. So maybe yep. Dulcich can play some of that role a little bit, uh, play alongside Albert O. So they kind of both kind of mixing up inside, which should be kind of interesting. Yeah, and I think it puts KJ Hamler on the field more, but I don't yep. know that it necessarily does too much. I don't think he's got a huge upside, but I do think it definitely a helps him get on the field. Whereas before I thought, uh, excuse me, I thought KJ Hamler was going to have a hard time just finding his way onto the field, you know, over any of those three guys. So now Mm -hmm. uh, KJ Hamler going to be on the field, or at least would appear to be on the field in three wide receiver sets, um, which helps him as well. A little bit more of a best ball play, in my opinion. I don't know that he has the the target volume uh, with, with the, uh, the uh, other players in Denver, namely Albert. Oh, Who's about to blow up? You watch. Um, okay, that's a show, man. Um, tell the fine people what the hell we're doing over at the Undroppables and what you're up to, and uh, lots of cool stuff coming. Uh, but yeah, just do your thing. 
Yeah, man, we're just getting ready for the season. Um, you know, just gearing up the content. Gonna have our our normal you know waiver wire stuff, and um, you know all the all the uh, heartbreakers and money makers from Reedy and the crew. Um, offensive line rankings coming back from Brad and you know Jacks and Tommy and, and myself will be getting our rankings updated here. So make sure you check us out, and you know, of course, thanks for supporting us and uh, keep it locked. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for supporting us is right, man. It's been a it's been a humbling experience to be part of this and and uh for all of you guys who are paying attention to this stupid ass podcast, I really appreciate it, man. It's a lot of fun to do it. And uh, you know, uh I yeah, like I said, overwhelmed by the support. So thanks, y'all. And uh tune in next week uh as we'll have uh, another awesome show on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of of the greatest producer the world has ever known, Michael P. Duncan. You have been joined by the one and only Chalk. And I am Jax Falcone. And we are out. Out.